0: This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's The Undercover. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy.
1: It's such a lie. Welcome. Such a lie. Welcome to The Undercard, everybody. Uh, should have Cody Stamen as host. Uh, he'll be in here in a little bit. He's training for the UFC October. He's bringing some of his teammates in, and we're going to have some fun. Uh, but. It Was a big boxing weekend, right? A couple of big names in the sport got together and uh, threw down. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing unusual happened. It's a controversy in the sport. Um, I wanted to approach it from many different angles, and the first angle being uh, I covered James Tony's last fight. It. Eastern Michigan University. So this is his last fight in his career. I are probably in his career, but his last fight and it happened, you know, in the summertime and I was covering it for fight news. So as I'm covering it for fight news, I'm sitting on one side of the ring. I'm sitting ringside with Frank Garza and it appeared that James Tony connected with his opponent. I forget his opponent's name at the time. Um, It it might have been Matt Matt Shepard or something like that. And, you know, his opponent goes down, and I don't have instant replay. I don't have commentators. I don't have any way to see this. And so I assume, because Tony's backside is to me, and I couldn't see the punch land, that I I thought, you know, hey, he landed – you know the punch and and that's 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 where we're at so i have a deadline and i write it up for fight news and as i'm writing it up for fight news um it gets sent in and immediately comments happen on fight news and it's to the effect of it was a, like a phantom punch a punch that didn't land and i did, did get to see the video again and i talked to some friends of mine And it clearly looked like James Tony didn't land on his opponent. And maybe his opponent was just fatigued, you know, or just went down. And the reason I'm telling you this whole story is that everybody's an expert online. And everybody has an opinion. This is just modern-day society. But as a judge... You are sitting on one side of the ring and each judge sees different. Now somebody from the side, maybe where the ring girls were sitting, if um, you know I think Bob Ryder was on a side, maybe maybe he didn't see James Tony's punch. Uh, I know he didn't capture it on camera because we were looking through his uh, photos right away with digital photography because I wanted to see the punch, what it was, a hook or a straight. And how do you get a judge who might see something 118 to 110 and how you might have somebody see it 115, 113, how you might want to have a judge see it to draw. So let's just – get the the thing out there right now they don't have commentators in their ears. they typically will react to a crowd they they do respond to last second rallies but they are also seeing the fight from three different positions in observing the fight so we'll start there now I had the fight close. I didn't score it. I was watching it with Jimmy, and we were at a close friend of mine's house, having a good time. And when I was asked by my good friend what I thought, I, I said it was it was close. I don't know. Um, I saw Canelo miss uh, evading a lot of Golovkin shots. This is just my personal first time through. I saw Golovkin throwing a very weak jab. And I saw Golovkin, you know, he he, he said after the fight that he wanted it to be a Mexican fight, you know, which I thought was a shot at Canelo because he's obviously a Mexican fighter. But I, from personal first time memory through, I kind of remember Canelo being on the ropes maybe six or seven minutes for him and not firing back. So Golovkin has the opportunity to unload this so-called unbelievable power on Canelo. And when he did land on Canelo, Canelo shook his head. You know, and HBO commentators always have to make a stupid reference about shaking heads. You know, oh, that, that shows a judge that it means he connected, all this, all this stuff. But Golovkin had his moments in which Canelo wasn't running. There was points where he just took breaks on the ropes too much or in the corner, which probably cost him the fight. On the flip side, my opinion has always been you have to rip belts away from champions. You have to beat them in a way that you're stealing their belts. And from my first time through watching it, I didn't think Canelo did enough to probably win a decision. I thought it was close, and you know what? I was happy with the draw, and it was a relatively good fight. We'll walk through some rounds here. We all chill. Had our good friend Rick Pratt write up some stuff of what he saw. He went through slow mo, watched it. He's going to be writing for Team Undercard Undercard.com when that's up. And we'll ask Cody Stammen if he watched it. I mean he's training for UFC and we're going to get lots of different opinions. And then we're going to talk about obviously the judge who's now been suspended by Nevada and some questionable calls. So on the flip side, Golovkin to me looked human. It's not the first time I've seen him look human. Uh, He was for sure scared. And Jimmy, who we'll call in a few seconds and talk to, you, i it's not something after the fact I said. I said it at the moment the fight was happening. You could tell he was a little bit, not scared of Canelo, but nervous for the moment as he walked to the ring. And it took him three rounds to figure it out. Canelo's speed is not even on the same level as Golovkin's. Canelo is just unbelievably fast. Was not happy with Canelo's conditioning. I don't know how you get to this level of a fight and not have the conditioning ready. I was not happy with Golovkin's choice of punches. Uh, Both landed on each other's chin. Both were able to take each other's punch, like true champions. And Since there was no clear, decisive winner in my mind, I was very okay with the draw situation, with a chance at a rematch, which is going to happen probably Cinco de Mayo. And it was an entertaining fight. Was it a great fight? No. But me and my friends sat around and talked about how great it is to have two professionals who's going to give it their all who are champions in and out of the ring, for the most part good guys. And it's a winning situation for boxing. But unfortunately, what we have here is it he was blown out of proportion by Teddy Atlas and you'll hear the sound bites down the road, corruption. Um were words that um, you know, were Boxing is, you know, even our co-host Cody says boxing is dead. You know, judging has always been part of boxing. And questionable but judging is always a part of boxing. It was close. We're going to get Rick Pratt's views on it. We're going to get Jimmy's views on it after a quick uh, song break here in a second. But it was close. And I want you to stick around as we break down what was supposed to be a fight in which we would get answers. That's what we're really mad about, is we have no answers. If, you, if, if, if I'm honest with myself and you're being honest with yourself, you're mad that we don't clearly know who's better than who. And that angers casual fans. Could they be equal? Could it have been as close as a draw? Probably, you know, Canelo took too much time off. But I, I, I can tell you this Canelo wasn't getting lit up like a lot of people thought. And as Rick Pratt went through it, his defensive skills were impressive. And why do we live now in a world in boxing in which if you're evading punches or circling a ring, you're running away from an opponent? That's boxing. That's That in itself is boxing. I didn't see Canelo running away from Golovkin. I saw Canelo circling. I saw Canelo uh, moving his feet. But I also saw him give opportunities for Golovkin when he got in the corner to see what Golovkin offered. And if Golovkin really thinks they're just going to put head-to-head And go 12 rounds where they just stay within a little circle. Then, I I mean, I I don't know what you want, Golovkin. You want a street fight. And Las Vegas Boulevard is, you know, less than a couple hundred yards away from the T-Bone Bowl Arena. Go fight out there. And that's what you'll get. Canelo boxed. That's what he did. Was he in shape? I don't know. That might be the first time I've seen Canelo not in shape looked like he got tired there for a little bit. Um, we're all going to benefit from a second fight. We're going to, like I said, call Jimmy on the flip side of uh, the show. We got started out a little bit slow today. We apologize about that. Cody Stamen and Michigan Top Team will be joining us in studio in a few minutes. We're going to go to our first song break and then uh, break down more Canelo versus Golovkin. You're listening to The Undercard, hand combat radio. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. We have uh Cody joining us now. Uh, of course he's training for his big fight uh in October, UFC. Who you who'd you bring with you today, Cody? I got Muneeb and Tyler. Oh, do you, you got his mic up? Hold on, where are you at? That's mic check.
2: There
1: there you are. Mic are you check. Up? All right now, now say it again. Who do we got? Muneeb
3: and Tyler Meadows.
1: All right. El Samani. You could just say Salmani. Salmani? Yeah. All right. Samani. Did you guys watch the Canelo fight?
3: Yes. yes. All right, well, Watch what... it today for the second time.
1: Okay, cool. Second time, uh, what's your opinion? So, I went over the stats. I watched the fight. Uh
3: Canelo actually landed more power shots in 7 7 out of 12 rounds, right? Uh but obviously uh Triple G walked him down, stuck him with a lot of jabs, landed more punches overall in the fight. I think he landed more punches in like 8 rounds, like 8 to 4. I think it was or 9 to f- nine to 3 but uh, I'm not surprised it was a draw that's what I said from I the get go that surprised no, did mean, you think it
4: when the first time you watched it
3: the first time I watched it when the fight was over I was like this is gonna be probably a one round fight um, but I could also see it being a draw like it didn't it didn't surprise me I actually I, I cut out so I never got I didn't get to see the decision and I just saw a bunch of shit on, I just went on Facebook and looked and everyone's like That's a bullshit draw, and like I wasn't, I wasn't at all surprised. I was like, I mean, this is boxing, right? You know what I mean? I'm not surprised if that happened at all. I mean, you know, Canelo's what's Canelo? 26, 27, you 27, 27. So Canelo's 27, 35. Triple G's, yeah, 35. I mean, come on, you know, I think, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, boxing isn't exactly the uh, the most straightforward sport in the world. I mean, there's <laughs> been a lot of suspect calls, and there's a lot of su- suspect calls in May, too. Right. I mean, you, uh, you let it go to the judges, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. But it was a close fight. I mean, I, I said it was 7-5, to five, Triple G, But and then I looked at Canal you know, landing more power shots. You could see that. He was six, doing more six. damage to
1: Golovkin than Golovkin was doing to him.
3: It's just Golovkin, he just never shows it. You know what I mean? he just yep. whack him with a hard overhand. And like I was watching this slow motion clip and they're like talking about how tough Triple G is. And like he literally got smoked with this uppercut. Like uh Canelo went to the body and then like dipped his shoulder and came up with this disgusting right uppercut. And it hit Triple G square in the chin, like lifted him off his feet. And you can just see him biting down on his mouth guard and he doesn't even close his eyes or wince. He's just like <laughs> lands and just starts throwing. Like as soon as he as soon as he lands. It's like holy shit! This
1: guy's a, a, a got a fucking blockhead. Like he's both could take a punch, mm-hmm. which was oh, yeah, great. They, they were both because e- you, shots. Uh, the thing I was offended by, it just personally, and Cody, I want your opinion on it. Is you know Triple G? People seeing that Canelo ran from Triple G. First off, you you come from a boxing background, right? Canelo was boxing, right? Circling the ring and. Countering, that's boxing. That's not running from somebody. I also saw Canelo give him opportunities where he just rested on the, the ropes and in the corner and gave him about six minutes to do something, and Golovkin couldn't do anything. I mean, there was opportunities there. They also said that Floyd Mayweather ran from Canelo.
3: They're like, Floyd ran from Canelo. I mean, it's a strategy. I mean, Floyd would put his back on the ropes and just lift his front shoulder up nice and high and just block everything, and then as soon as he saw an opening down the middle, he'd plug him. Canelo did the same thing. Canelo did the same mm-hmm. thing, except he wasn't as defensive as Mayweather was. He hopped you know out I mean? of the right every time we yeah, saw that. he was doing that yep. sweet turn in his face, that sweet pivot out. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? And Triple G just could not find his chin because Canelo was rolling with everything he threw. I only saw Canelo really take like three or four hard hard shots that he didn't see coming. Right. That one big overhand he got cracked with, and you could you could tell it hurt him because he stood there and shook his head, and that usually means, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Ouch, right. you know what I mean? That hurt. But I mean, he I mean, he didn't like he didn't stumble, he didn't do anything. He can He came back firing, slipping and firing. I really like the way. I don't really necessarily like the way Triple G fights. No, I mean, he's boring. like a pressure fighter. Hey, he's boring. I don't think it's, I he's. He's not it, that dynamic. No, no. I mean, he's not. He's not going to be the savior of boxing. You know what I mean? Guys like uh, Lomachenko in. Uh, I like Crawford. Canelo, Crawford. Crawford, 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 Sweet. I mean, those kind of guys, Like those are the kind of... like People want to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like an MMA fighter. It's like GSP. Yeah, right. sure, he can take anybody down and wrestle fuck them for five, five, you know, five, five-minute rounds. No one wants to see that shit. You know what I mean? Let's get guys in there that, that want to put on a show, that actually give a shit about the fans, not just, you know, protecting a, a BS record, kind of like what Floyd Mayweather did. Everybody hating
1: on him because... You know, he wasn't he wasn't fighting to knock somebody out, he was just fighting to win. Now if it, my opinion is if, if bird doesn't score at one eighteen, one ten, it's not much of a controversy. It's that score that people have a problem with because there's no way that Canelo won one eighteen, one ten. No hell no. But one one person seeing it one fifteen, one thirteen, Golovkin, one person seeing it a draw. At 114-114, that, that makes sense. Totally and then fine. You know what? you probably switch out the judge, and somebody would have had it Canelo by a couple rounds, and it ends in a draw. And this is the way I feel, Cody. You're, you're a champion. Uh, you've been champions for many leagues, right? Canelo, you have to take it away from a champion. I mean, you have to clearly win the fight. So this is why I same, think it's, it's the same shit in MMA. Yep.
3: If it's a close fight, it always goes to the champ. It sh- always. It
1: should, I think. I think Yeah. I think it's even enough that these there's guys no money should do it again. In, there's, money in, there's no money in belt switching. You know right. what I mean? There's
3: money in building guys up, guys that are like champions for a long time. That's where the money is. That's why they say you, you got
1: to beat the champ. You can't have a close fight against the champ. He always wins. Yep. You know and I mean? Canelo having it so close. Uh, he didn't deserve to win it. At the same time, Golovkin, I don't think, deserved to win it either. Let's do it again, see if their things strategies change. Or, you know what, they could be just even enough that, you know what, they're a bad matchup for each other. I that could they, be true. If they do it again, I mean, I think Triple G
3: being 35, he's going to get older and slower. By me, Canelo to. <laughs> is just gonna. Yeah, Canelo is just gonna <laughs> get better. Get better. Yep. You know what I mean? So I could see Canelo really stepping it up. I mean, and then I mean, there's obviously holes in his game. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been on the ropes as much as he was. He right. shouldn't have been getting pushed back the way he was. He should have been circling more. I think that's going to be an obvious thing, and I'm sure he, him and his to- coaches have already talked about that. I mean, yep. <clears throat> I found this coach. And I'm like, hey, you can't get backed up by this guy the whole fight. Or yeah. get tired. Yeah, right. you can't get tired. And you can see that the pressure was getting to him because pr- pressure sucks, man. When you're the guy that's being forced to move all the time, you know what I mean? You spend a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Then he was up. He was up bouncing, and then he had to sit back down and try to throw hard shots and then get back to moving, and Triple explosive. G was just walking forward. Yep. You know, it's kind of like Diaz and McGregor. McGregor was bouncing in and out, throwing all these little explosive, explosive shots, and Diaz was just walking through everything, getting dropped, getting back up, walking him down, walking him down, walking
1: him down. Like, that explosive in-and-out movement tires guys out. And that's the one thing we talked about before you guys got here when you guys were training is that I thought Canelo wasn't in the condition that he should have been for a fight of this magnitude. When when he had the spurts, when his speed was dominating and he was throwing combinations, he would then have to rest for two minutes and couldn't do it again. And at that level, there's no excuses not to be ready for the biggest fight of your career against who's now going to be your rival. Right, I I agree, but how many guys, how many guys
3: in the gym, are coming after Canelo? Oh no, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you Can- know what I'm saying. You got Canelo, the guy hits hard. You know what I mean. You're his training partner. You're getting paid to train against him.
1: Are you going to be going after? Are you going to be stepping up trying to knock him out? No, probably not. No, because you yeah. get kicked out of camp. But right. that being said, uh, Canelo had an opportunity because I thought. Golovkin's jab, which is one of probably his best punch is the jab. I thought it was very lazy. I, 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 from the get-go, he, he threw it, and it, it was lazy. He was always worried about the counter, and I never saw the jab do any damage. He's throwing the jab a lot, right? right? But they're lazy jabs because he knows that if he throws and fully extends, Canelo had the speed that Good it's time. an overhand right every time. So as, as, as Golovkin's walking him down... That's the laziest I've ever seen Golovkin's jab. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just tapping, tapping, yeah, tapping. I think That's... Canelo respected him a lot
2: early and moved around like way too much. If he would have just stood in there and just did his counterpunch
1: game, he could have like uh, caused more damage early on and kept that pace. Well, he was definitely working Golovkin's body good yeah. enough that it, that it was going to slow Golovkin down. Then he stopped working on the body, which that, that to me I, never makes sense, right. especially uh, what Cody was saying. You, you, you catch him flush with an uppercut, and he doesn't even flinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's discouraging. Stop, yeah, stop stop working on the head anymore and start going down and try to take away any legs. That's discouraging. I'm trying to think.
3: Uh, when I fought that Russian guy in Grand Rapids, uh-huh.
1: I hit him with a flush knee right across
3: his jaw, and like I washed his head, his whole face turned, and it was like a perfect shot. I was like, "Dude, this guy's going down." He looked at me and smiled, and like mm-hmm. that, like like mentally, I had to like back up and like really think about it. I was just like, holy shit, I cannot hurt this dude. And it was kind of like, like Canelo hit Triple G with his best shot, and Triple G just looked at him, didn't even blink, and just started walking forward again. And, like, that's got to do something, especially if you're Canelo and you're used to hitting guys and just watching them hit the ground. Yeah. Like, you just hit the guy with an awesome uppercut, and this dude just looked at you like, what, dude? <laughs> like that. I mean, that, that will break you mentally. I mean, I don't care how tough you are.
1: You now, you hit somebody as hard as you can and they just stare at you like they, like, what, what, bitch? <laughs> uh, we're going to call Jimmy up here really quick and uh, finish up our talk with uh, Canelo and Mayweather and then talk a little bit of Michigan top team here in a, a second. Hello? Hey, what's going on, Jimmy? Hey, what's up? You're live on the undercard. How are you? <laughs> I'm good.
0: How to figure that
1: nah all right so we were joined by Cody and some of his teammates and we're just finishing up our talk about Mayweather Canelo uh, what's your overall thoughts you, you on mean,
0: it? you mean Triple G Canelo
1: yeah I'm sorry I was looking up the Mayweather <laughs> uh, Canelo stories but, all right what what he what, what, what's your overall thoughts
0: well here here's my thing and this is it's something unique because there was so much outrage um, you know, with the scorecards and, and how could anybody think that Canelo, you know, took any rounds except for like maybe the beginning and a couple at the end. But here's the thing. Think about a police uh, uh, witnesses, right? Somebody witnesses a an accident or a crime or something like that. You can have four different witnesses who all saw the exact same thing standing in different positions and each one of them is going to tell you a different story because the human mind, you know, perceives things differently depending on where you are, what's going on around you. It affects you. Um, it, to me, watching the fight, because when I watch fights, like, I, I think people have a problem, like, they concentrate only on one particular fighter, whether it be the fighter they want to win of the fighter that they want to lose. Um, and they concentrate only on that one fighter, and they miss the whole overall picture. So when I watch a fight, I don't look directly at the fighters themselves. I kind of look at the overall picture as I'm watching. It's almost kind of like you, you I don't want to say you phase out, but um, it, and it's, I don't know if it's part of you know my military training where you're looking at everything while looking at nothing kind of thing like that. But there were, everybody thought that uh, triple G was the aggressor, but he wasn't. Canelo was bringing triple G to him in most of those rounds. Yes. Triple G was moving forward, but that was because Canelo was bringing him towards him. And then triple G would try to fire off a couple of shots and he wouldn't hit, excuse me. He wouldn't hit anything. Canelo would move out of the way, or he would duck, or he'd move to the side, or or whatever. Um, and to me, and and I don't know like if this is necessarily true or not, but to me, if all you're doing is just throwing one jab, that's not really working. That's just throwing out a jab. You're not really doing anything, you're just throwing out a jab. And I think Canelo works more in most of the rounds. I think he... Had more ring generalship in most of the rounds, and I think he made Triple G miss a lot of the shots that for whatever reason CompuBox was saying that triple G hit he didn't really hit canelo he was bouncing off the gloves, he was bouncing off of you know missing completely, hitting the arms you know they weren't they weren't good hits, so I think the fight was much more uh even than everybody kind of expected it. Uh, everybody said it was. Now, that one woman, I don't know if I'd go as far as she did, but I think she was closer to what was actually going on in the fight than some of the other judges. But it was so close that I could see it being... I mean, I'm not surprised by the draw, and I'm actually kind of happy that it was a draw because it it will lead to a second, you know, it will definitely lead to a rematch now and their styles are going to have to change. Triple G's going to have to be more the aggressor. He's going to have to go in there with more than just jabs. is going to have to not be quite as defensive. I mean, still be defensive because that worked for him, but maybe not be quite as defensive. He's going to have to work a little bit more. People are going to say that he was kind of dogging it again. So that was, that was kind of my impression of the
1: fight. I think we both got to the same destination, but I think we took different routes there. I think me and Cody kind of think that we were talking before we called you. I think Triple G had the ring generalship. That's the only reason that I believe it was a draw because we were talking. Clearly Canelo was landing the body shots. I was impressed with Triple G's uh, ability to walk down Canelo and, and when he had him on the ropes, he was missing Canelo and then the props go to Canelo for his head movements and his speed. But I, I right. think that I think we both have the same conclusion. It's just we got to it differently. I thought Triple G's ring uh, generalship is the only thing that got him close in this thing. Um, his ability no, his speed. ability to walk forward.
0: Well, but that's just it is to me, he wasn't walking forward. I mean, yes, he was walking forward, but he was walking forward because Canelo was bringing him towards him. He was trying to dupe him in, and there were a couple of times where I thought Canelo was trying to do a rope dope kind of thing, bring him in, you know, like uh, like Ali, bring him in, a, you know, lean up against the ropes, bring him towards him. That's something that Ali did a lot. He, you know, the, the opponent would walk towards him, but that's because Ali was bringing them to, to him. I think Canelo was doing that a lot more than people thought. Right. But that's just—I mean—that's again, you know. Everybody watches the same fight. Everybody has different viewpoints. But to me, that's what it looked like: is Canelo was bringing Triple G to him more than Triple G was walking down Canelo.
3: And after after the second time I watched it, I realized that a lot of those shots on the ropes that maybe I thought landed weren't, weren't landed. there. <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't there. They were yeah, so they close. I mean, they were razor close, but. Canelo's defense is that good. He really knows where he is when he's on the ropes. Like yeah, that. and I haven't seen that out of him. Like that was that was actually uh, pretty impressive. But I guess Triple yeah. G's ability just to like you know make it his fight is really impressive too. But I mean, well, and the draw, great. because oh. Let's see it again. Let's run it back. That's right. Let's right, exactly.
0: <laughs> and I think a lot of it too. And it would have been a completely different fight if Triple G had tried to land some of those power shots that he's famous for, but. He tasted Canelo's power, and he did not like it, so he was backing off. He was just throwing those jabs, and he wasn't trying, you know.
1: It was the early body work times. by Canelo, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think Canelo got in his head. I think it freaked Triple G out, and he wasn't being the aggressor that he normally is.
1: Now, really quickly, uh, a couple more points, and then we'll let you go because I know you're not feeling well, Jimmy. That's why you're not in studios tonight. But uh, so uh, right. the the lady who did judge it, her last name's Bird. Uh, she has been suspended mm-hmm. by Nevada. Yeah, um, she's, not reff- she's not judging my fight. Yeah. God. Uh,
0: I'm
3: not doing that
1: again uh, Bird's scorecard sent boxing pundits and social media into a frenzy With accusations flying about boxing officials being corrupt The criticism came from all angles As even Canelo's promoter, Oscar De La Hoya Took issue with the wide margin that Bird scored the fight in favor of Canelo De La Hoya said A lot of people are not understanding the 118-110 Just like myself, that's the bottom line I think she needs to be reviewed. Uh, Another quote by Abel Sanchez, uh, Golovkin's trainer, says, I think she needs to be reviewed, go back to school, and learn how to judge a fight. Uh, very bad for the sport. Bob Bennett, the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, became a focal point of Saturday night's post-fight uh, press conference and was taken to task over the selection of Bird, who had a history of controversial scores in both MMA and boxing. I'm not going to put her right back in. She'll be in the business, but she needs to catch her breath, Bennett said. So she's going to be suspended. Whether she walks away from the sport, totally. that's That, you know, is... We, down the road but uh, clearly 118 110
0: yeah no it was not even remotely like that but i did explain i mean
1: on the show yeah. in the beginning of the show and i used the example of james tony's last fight that i covered for fight news in which i thought james tony landed a punch and he knocked out his opponent that you got to realize that these judges don't have audio they don't have instant replay mm-hmm. And you can get certain things wrong, but 118 110, you can't all that shouldn't happen. You you shouldn't My see mom the fight, judge that fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there, everybody is seeing something from different angles. So if someone scored it in favor of Golovkin close, that would make sense. If somebody scored it a draw, that would make sense. If someone scored it Canelo closely, that would make sense. Right. But it's the 118 110 right. margin that everybody has yeah. a problem Did with. Did
4: you see the, uh, the yeah. list? There was a list. Of, I think, seven or six fights of Canelo that she judged, though. Yeah, yeah. and always for Canelo. Six or seven, they were always that margin. Like Mayweather, she had him winning against Mayweather. So it's this isn't the only fight that she's done something like this.
1: That was actually C.J. Ross that had the majority draw, but yeah, she has had Canelo love in the past. She likes him. Yeah, yeah, he's good looking. I mean, that's what Cody, yeah. that's how I, Cody banks I mean, on all those decisions. I, I mean,
0: that's, well, that's what that's what <laughs> that's what would happen if him. we put Rochelle as a judge. She you know, to, you I think all about Canelo. Him.
1: She, <laughs> she wants to Chimichanga. She she want yeah she <laughs> wants to do him yeah, I, I don't yeah right ah. She wants but, to make little red-headed Mexican babies
3: with
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> Rochelle's just looking. Would you, would you score in favor of Canelo for good looks? Over Triple G? Yeah.
4: For, I mean, if that's what I'm scoring him on. It's just his no, 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 oh. no, no.
1: Would you? would
4: No, could, but I, because he's I told good looking, you. if I gave would, you a
3: million dollars, would you score for Canelo? Exactly,
4: which could uh, be. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs>
1: I would not take the million dollars and move w- to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. No, <laughs> exactly. exactly, exactly.
4: No, I told you. I thought, I thought, Triple G had more, more action in it. But at the same time, it, after all was said and done, you could look at the two of them, and Canelo didn't even look like he was in a fight.
1: Now, uh- right. Our our good friend Rick Pratt, he actually wrote uh, the first little article here for uh, TeamUndercard.com, and I was going to read it out loud if you want to stick around, Jimmy, because uh, Doc comes to uh, Bird's Aid here really quick, but the title of it, and I'll read through it really quickly, is Controversy Once Again Rocks the Boxing World uh, by Rick Pratt. Once again, controversy has reared its ugly head in the realm of boxing. This time it is, as is much too often of late, It it does so in regards to the official scorecards. I'm quite sure you're all aware one of the biggest anticipated fights in the past 10 years happened over the weekend in Las Vegas at the newly minted T-Mobile Arena. Canelo Alvarez faced Gennady Golovkin with a whole pile of middleweight hardware at stake. Coming straight to the point, one card in particular, that of Bird, who had the fight 118-110 for Canelo, was the center of the entire event. The other two judges, Dave Moretti and Don Trella had it 115-113 and 114-114 respectively. The latter two being more acceptable to the masses than the former, and at the first watch I would have to agree, but upon rewatching and rescoring the fight, I should say dissecting it over a 4-hour time span, I was shocked to come out closer to Bird's card than the two more friendly cards. I rescored it 118-110 for Canelo. Now, before you get your panties all bunched up, let me say to you my scoring technique, which is is about as solid as one can be. The way I scored the fight in the first punch is land. That the fighter is winning the offensive portion of the fight. The opponent must do more offensively to take the lead away. Second by second, punch by punch, the lead can swing back and forth, ultimately ending in the hands of gloves, as it were, of one combatant. Then you have defense. Who's protecting themselves better? Who made their opponent miss via slipping or blocking more shots? Then you have who's actually uh, dictating how the rounds progress or ring generalship who is making the fight proceed in the manner they are controlling and remember one can back up the draw of fighter forward intentionally but most people are clueless to the possibility and simply see it improperly all that said the fight had a couple more interesting things to pay attention to the camera angles much of the time when triple g was throwing not when canelo was on the ropes the camera was looking over canelo's shoulder I had to replay those exchanges multiple times, and many of those punches that people perceived to be landing were catching gloves or arms. I based this on where Canelo's arms actually were when the punches were thrown and said punches appeared to have landed. Not something someone watching the fight progresses even considering. Most of those punches ultimately were not scoring blows. Also in the middle and later rounds when Canelo was allowing Triple G to get him backed up. On the ropes. It truly, he was doing this so he knew he was winning and all he had to do was defend well. As he did, making Glovkin miss more, then he connected and continued to move out now and then and shoot some solid scoring ball lows which he did at will and many times to overcome any sort of offensive league Golovkin had at the time. See my scoring method above. Let's just say round by round, exchange by exchange, and punch by punch, my scorecard was flipping around and ultimately swung in the direction of Canelo Alvarez. Despite the utterly ridiculous numbers that CompuBox was putting up, I pay no attention to those incredibly inaccurate numbers and haven't for years now. But I digress. There you have it, folks. My take on the incredibly entertaining bout by two of the best fighters to enter into the squared circle with it ending officially in a draw, but on my scorecard, after close to four hours of dissection, had Alvarez winning 118-110, I truly... Didn't see the fight in the same manner. Too much distraction by the utterly inaccurate commentary of Jim Lampley, calling shots and misses landed, and not even calling out the power counter punches that did so from Canelo. At least Kellerman called Lampley out once or twice for seeing something that wasn't there. Kellerman is a boxing fan like I am and only uses solid uh, criteria to make a prediction. Lampley, on the other hand, is clearly biased. Now you can bunch up your panties and start your tantrums. The matchup was one of... The best in a very long time and will be ultimately decided in a rematch, which I truly hope happens next year in a scorecard of uh, no fiascos with the scorecard. And as always, until next time, keep your gloves up and elbows in. That was uh, Rick Pratt's take. He actually rescored it like Bird scored it. What do you think of that, Jimmy? Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I mean, and he said that he. And the commentator you know, sucks, by the way. Did you you heard yeah, the conversation? right? no, I, 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 I don't. I never, I never pay attention to that because bias. It, I it, it it never, it never, ever, ever. When I watch a fight, I never see what the copy box says. I'm like, you know, no matter who it is, I'm like, no, that didn't happen. No, that he didn't land that many punches. No, he didn't land that many punches. And the biggest, the biggest uh, thing, and if you ever actually go back. And maybe go like you know, um, I don't want to say second by or line by line, but second by second of a lot of Mayweather fights, it's the same thing. CompuBox has Mayweather landing so many more shots than he actually does land because it looks like he's landing because he's throwing punches, but none of them are actually hitting their opponent. Like I would say, for every five that he throws, only maybe two of them actually hit. His opponent, but then they give him five. So, I mean, he's busy, he looks busy, and that's why they, they do it, but it's it's a terrible system, and I think it makes the audience bias on, on what they're watching. Now, I didn't, again, I didn't uh, break down, you know, like Rick Pratt. Uh, you know, I didn't spend four hours going through it, you know, second by second or whatever. Why not, Jimmy?
1: Why not? Why not? No, I'm joking.
0: Because I have a life. Hey! Oh oh, oh,
1: oh, oh! oh! Rick is gonna come after you now, dude. That, 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 that's a shot. That's that, that's that's exactly what Golovkin get when he says, "I thought it would be a Mexican fight." Cody, no, Rick can you imagine, dedicated. Yeah, can you imagine somebody telling you that I thought it would be an American fight, and you're an American sitting across from him, and he's from a different country? That's a fucking insult. And like, if people are like, "Oh, Golovkin took the high road." That's a fucking shot at your you know, fucking gonads there, dude. We're not taking the high road. Nobody shoots at my gonads. No, I'm just
0: kidding. I didn't, I just, I I didn't, I just didn't have time. I mean, I didn't even have time to rewatch the fight. I'm going completely off of what I saw on Saturday night. Okay.
1: Um, Uh, Let's see, let's see if you can hear this, right? And, and, and fuck me too, because I, I I think um, I'm in a predicament where I can't get out of this sport, but Teddy Atlas warned everybody that's in the sport. Because he's been in it for 40 years, he says uh, he he's a lifer. He has to stay. But here he clearly says anybody involved with the sport of boxing should get out because he was outraged about the decision a lot more. Let's see if you can hear this over the mics. What do we see? How does this happen?
0: Look, I can take 10 years, and it's been years and years of the same garbage, the same trash. I have no choice. I've been in this business 40 years of Where am I gonna go? I don't know where to go. But if I did get the hell out of it. I get the hell out of it. I'm sick and tired of watching these fighters. that put everything on the line. They get the ring, they come out of the ring with less of themselves physically than they had when they went in. And this gets done too by a bunch of cowards at inside that never took a punch in their life. I'm sick of it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that's Teddy telling me to get out of the sport. That, guy that was like <laughs> that, that was after Pacquiao yeah. Horn, though. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. But that, like that, he, was, a, that yeah. was a fucked up decision too. It's, that was the
3: same thing. Old fighter, young fighter.
1: Yeah. And Manny Pacquiao had the good troll on uh, Twitter where he said it. uh, Did you see his uh, tweet where he said it looks like they got the judges from Australia over there? (laughs) Which, I mean, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jimmy. We're going to move on and talk some MMA with these guys here. Thank God. Boxing is boring. Feel Uh, better, Jimmy. Co- Cody's giving you uh, the I will, the blessing. Yeah, You're gonna I, be fine. You got I, the, I
3: appreciate it. I just, you got the you know, pretty
0: bad. It's it's the beginning of the school year, so you know everybody's sick and getting the crud, and it just mm-hmm. passes along. So yeah,
3: you know. the crud is that? But, is that like a <laughs> yeah. code word for gonorrhea? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What again? <laughs> <laughs> is,
3: that, that like, is the crud like code
1: word for gonorrhea? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Well, we, we. I'm not laughing. No that no, lucky. One, no one's sitting in your seat because a, we wouldn't allow it, and then b, if you are out for vd, we don't want to get it. <laughs> your your seat's empty his over there. Your chair's them. missing. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna wash your seat. <laughs> we'll see you soon, Jimmy. Get better, man. See you All next right, week. All right, sounds
0: good. Hey, and and shout out to Rick Pratt. Just kidding with you, buddy. I love you.
1: Oh no, you probably started war. Like I, I, I watch your back right <laughs> now, dude. He's, uh, no, no, I, 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 I thought it was cool that he he judged it one eighteen, one <laughs> ten. No, and,
0: I, and and that's great that he he was able to to do that and that it's because he when I remember when the the fight happened, he was all triple G and how dare they and it's rigged and don't buy another pay per view because you know all this like that. But I'm really glad that he had the opportunity to really sit down. And analyze the flight, and it completely changed the viewpoint. So that's actually kind of cool. So, all right, that, that's well, good. The only thing I yep. for All I was right,
1: porn. <laughs> all right, we'll A be back. Time. Take care, buddy. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys later.
1: All right, so you introduce your uh, teammates here in a second. Tyler, I've seen you fight before. I'm trying to think where, though. Uh, uh, help me out, Tyler Meadows.
3: <laughs> now, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So last time he fought was at uh, Don Afrio's event. Oh, okay. The Joe uh, Lewis. He fought at the Joe Lewis. Um, he fought a guy from SFS. What was his name? Dylan Carpenter. Dylan Carpenter. Had a pretty good performance afterwards. He teabagged <laughs> t- Tyler Moore. Got in a little trouble for it. But...
1: Uh, you know, he's he's gonna be back in the cage soon. Now, uh, the craziest thing about this, and I told Cody this right, uh, I got pulled away to meet uh, a couple veterans, and and the veterans are 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 people that I respect in the country, and they were on the concourse area, and um, I said, well, you know what, we did the ring girls for Donafrio too, okay. and I and I, I was like, you know what, bring two ring girls, they'll want pictures more with them than they will me, and I'm meeting, I missed the whole. Altercation, and I, I'm glad I met the veterans. Those guys were really, really cool, and they served our country. Um, but I met—I missed the whole thing. I hear something going crazy in the Joe. I mean, it, it's relatively quiet, like the the Joe those those shows. But I hear just like like that, you know. No one's on the concourse. There's like two two concession stands open, and. I come back and people are like, "You missed it." And I'm like, "What? What the freak did I miss?" And they're like, "Oh, somebody from uh, Michigan Top Team jumped out in the crowd and stuff like that." And I, I missed the whole
4: thing. So, I mean, there's there's a big backstory to it. Uh, first off, we don't like SFS for a lot of reasons. Uh, Taylor Moore was talking a little bit of trash about Cody's family beforehand, and uh, Cody's brothers are, you know, buddies of mine. I didn't really like that, and then. The guy that I was fighting, Dylan Carpenter, just so happened to be dating my ex girlfriend as well. So he was kind of yeah. sorry. Woo-hoo. So he, he was already running his mouth, trying to you know man up because he was dating my ex and stuff like that. Well, after I TKO'd him, I uh, the first thing I saw, I I had a layoff for three years too, back to back injuries, just stupid stuff happening. Well, I TKO'd Dylan. I look over and I saw Taylor just staring at me. And, uh, you know, I lost it, jumped over the cage, and I jumped on top of him. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, the thing was, he didn't really jump on top of him. He,
3: like, jumped in front of him and then, like, kind of, like, stumbled forward and just, like, barely touched him. It wasn't like he, like, jumped out of the cage and, like, punched him or anything crazy like that. He, like, barely touched him. And then Taylor initiated, like, tackling him. It's like if you get in a fight in school, like, both guys get kicked out. I thought it was a bunch of bullshit and got blown out of proportion. Yeah. But...
1: uh, I mean, it is what it is. You made the news. You were uh, you were on a few news things.
3: Yeah, I mean, I
4: mean that that was all.
3: They hyped it up like it was some big fight and like a bunch of people got hurt and like that's not true. Like that's not what happened. I mean, th- th- like no one really like. I've been to some fights where fights broke out, chairs were thrown, guys were getting dropped, chicks were getting punched, like crazy stuff. This wasn't like that. It was just like a bunch of guys screaming at each other and like a pile of guys trying to break stuff up. No one really like. They said, like, some kid got trampled, but, you know, what's a kid doing in the middle of, uh you know what I mean, that mess? Like, that had nothing to do with us. That's like, you know, uh, someone was running down the bleachers because, like, one of the bouncers was running down the bleachers because they saw something happening. The guy falls and busts his teeth out. Like, are we in trouble because that guy fell? You know what I mean? Is that our fault? I mean, I get it. Yes. I mean, I know, but <laughs> that, is, it, is it really, though? I mean, is it really? It's not like... I like no no one on our team, including you know, Tyler. The only think the only mistake he made was like to actually make physical contact with, with uh, with Taylor somebody that pussy. wasn't in a fight. Because yeah. exactly, he didn't he didn't uh, <clears throat> he didn't um, like punch him or anything crazy like that. You know what I mean? And, and had that kid not got trampled, you know, it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. And like the kid didn't have any serious injuries. Like he cried and was fine. It wasn't like he had broken bones or no, black eyes. it's it's eye funny too because
4: not a lot of people know that. I actually have a picture on my Instagram of me taking a picture with this kid after the fight. So I'm holding my two belts up, and the kid's like taking a selfie with me. And the this, one that I got knocked over. The one that supposedly that I punched. They tried saying I punched this kid. Uh,
3: yeah. There's all kinds of BS. But then it, we got the actual video. Like one of a,
1: a friend of a friend yeah, like no. got the real video, and like we like we sent it and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, my official statement on it, and you know, I, I have no problem for you saying it. You were you were out of line for doing that, but clearly we saw uh, but the uh, the kid from SFS. He also you're in front of him. He's the one that actually tackles you after you're in front of him. Yep. Uh, seem it seemed like so both trouble? both people were at fault. No. But not that sometimes. I knew. If you watch it close, and James Gray,
2: like, goes to
1: reach and grab him, and then he, like, turns around. Hey, like, I, like, I, I, I'm I'm neutral on this thing, you <laughs> know, people, like, like, I said, I like I said. I understand I understand. when I Once I jumped out of the us cage us and first.
4: left the uh, platform, that's where, you know, Bunkers. I went over the line. I jumped over, and I was Straight. pointing Holy down shit. to him and talking crap to him. And, like he said, I kind of stumbled, and I went forward, and I fell right in front of Taylor, and then Taylor tackled me. Like, there, there was wrongdoing on both parts. Like, it never should have went that far in the first place, but... To say that I, like, punched a kid and the whole corner coming after me, like, he should have at least got suspended too or, like, resolved in the fact where I didn't get a year suspension and nothing else happened, you know what I mean? This would have been my punishment, all right?
1: And you tell me it, it, if you would think it was fair. Spankin'. Yeah. Spanking. Spanking. Yeah, you're into that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then that's too enjoyable. Uh, apologize to the promoter, which I'm sure you have. Yep. Okay. Apologize to the Olympia Entertainment. You probably have or probably didn't have the means to, right? Apologize to the kid. You took a picture with him, right? Yep. Um, I look at it from a standpoint of your punishment was very harsh. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fight fan, right? Uh, I remember Tyson spitting out his fucking mouthpiece and biting fucking Lennox, uh, not Linux Lewis, Evander eh, Holyfield's ear and shit. Weird stuff happens in this sport right? because we're asking you guys to be killers in there. And then it's tough for you guys to just turn it off. People it don't – have to be puppies outside the cage. Right, people don't realize that, right? Yeah, oh, my God. Did you see that 15-second nightgown? That, that is a monster. But then you guys walk outside the ropes or the cage. Uh, the adrenaline dump doesn't work that way. It doesn't easily get turned off. That's why people have done freakish things like punch holes through walls and stuff like that. If you want you guys to be animals in the ring – there's a little bit of time before a fight and a little bit of time after a fight that I think you guys Fuck should be yeah. getting uh, given some leeway. That's, yeah. that, that's just my thought. Ask be- anybody. Ask
3: ask any girlfriend of a fighter. Ask them what their boyfriend is like three weeks before a fight. Just ask them what they're like. Puppy dog. Ask that girl to fricking to have that girl have that girl like mouth off to her boyfriend two weeks before he's got a fight and see what he does. To where maybe eight weeks before that he'd have been like. All right, just walked away. But right then, I mean, you have like, like you're, you're doing everything all day to put your mind and body into like, a, not a fight or flight mode, into a fight mode. Right. Like, there's no like flight. It's like you're, you're training your mind and body to fight. You know yep. what I mean? I don't know many people that can go to the gym, act like a killer, and go home and be a cupcake. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's why a lot of guys get out of the sport is because, you know, they, they start spending too much time being the, the animal. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard to find that to find that balance. And yep. I'm speaking for a lot of fighters. I have talked to a lot of professional fighters, and a lot of them retire because like they can't balance everything. They they just start getting like a little bit crazy, and maybe it's getting hit in the head, maybe it's just like having to be a killer all the time,
1: you know. But it, it makes you a, a little a little nuts. And Adrian Broner is a guy that I've. Uh, obviously because of Ohio I've I've met him before he's given exclusive content to the undercard and stuff so I'd, I'd say our professional relationship was good I see him at events, right? But everybody was quick to be like, "Oh, you know what Adrian Broner did on the New York, uh, uh, not New York Strip, Las Vegas Strip? Oh, he punched a guy." And then my, my sarcastic response was, "You mean a boxer punched a guy that thought he deserved to be punched?" Holy shit. Like, I mean, like that—that that is the response that Broner has known since he was in his teens as a boxer. Did you see Ray Rice knock his girlfriend out? I think we can let Adrian
3: Broner go. Uh,
1: right, he, he killed first. her. Ray Rice here. Oh, don't say that. Don't <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to. But I mean, that's that's the difficult balance as you guys have is that you guys become, you know, killers by definition and, and, and monsters in the cage, and it is tough to turn it off. You know, um, your your one goal is to you know dismantle your opponent Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're you're on that gray edge where somebody (laughs) says something in the crowd that's probably not the best time to say something to a fighter on the way back after a decision or even after a victory you know because everybody's everybody's an armchair quarterback everybody uh likes to say oh i I could be cody stamen you know did you see that uh yeah yeah he's 16 and all but i mean look he took him down he took er, everybody is man that's the worst part about this sport there's a hater for
3: every fan, there's a hater.
1: And there's always a guy that knows how, like, I mean, if you notice, I didn't say how Golovkin could have beat Canelo or how could Canelo could have maybe beat Golovkin, right? Because I don't know. Those guys are athletes beyond what I ever achieved and will ever achieve. But you guys always have to hear from people that don't know what you that, did wrong. That's, that's pretty hard. I mean, when <laughs> I'm, I'm even Tyler can speak for this, like,
3: someone that doesn't know what fighting is will, like, come up to you and they'll have, like, we'll have this conversation and they'll be like, oh, I don't, you know, like, I don't really know why you didn't, like, just do this or yeah. I don't really know why you didn't do this or, like, nah, he was hitting you more than I thought he would or, like, saying stuff like that to you and you're just, like, looking at him like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be a jerk, you know what I mean? You want to be nice to everyone, but, man, some people just don't realize what they're saying to you and that's, like, like, Athletes really don't get as much respect as you think. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, you think that you're like, oh, man, like, people treat athletes great. Well, I learned how people treated athletes when I went. uh, I was at, like, this after party for uh, Faber when he fought um, Scotty Jorgensen. And, like, uh, where was it? Was it the night night, club? Night night club? Light night club. Light night club. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's try that. Whatever the fuck it's called. But uh like people were like grabbing his shirt and like yanking him into pictures and stuff. And I'm just like watching this happen and I'm like, dude, he's gonna blow. You could tell like he was getting upset. Like this one chick was like tugging on his his corn roll, was like tugging. Ch- chugging a, he was like going like his head was getting pulled. <laughs> and I'm like watching this and I'm like, Holy shit, these people yeah. are savages. Like pushing people out of the Damn. way, like he's trying to have a conversation, like someone just like puts their arm around him and like shoots a picture up and I'm just like Man, people, just, they just don't give a fuck. They have no respect. Like They don't respect them at all. And it's like, no, that's what it's like. That's really what it's like.
1: Plus, you got to deal with the public that doesn't give a fuck or, or, or doesn't care about the consequences that want to get you guys in fights outside of the ring because... All, all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, your buddies. A, 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 it doesn't hurt you guys, but B, you guys get suspended or, or or even worse, you know, you guys could face criminal charges when you guys do mess these people up. So you're you're always dealing with those people everywhere. Your buddies. Your
3: buddies. That's why I don't really go out with anyone that I don't like really trust and know well. That's like, why we guys don't hang I, out. G guys, yeah. guys, guys, no, yeah. <laughs> guys I grew up <laughs> with, yeah, like 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 ran- you get some random guy they be like well, I'm with a bunch of fighters I'll start a fight It's like yeah. eh, Don't do that
2: <laughs> You're on your own dude <laughs> I got we're people hitting me up From we're like not, four years ago We're not that good of friends <laughs> Like hey can you help me Fight somebody Like no no, motherfucker Oh well, you got a hitman business How going. much money you got <laughs> at, night, at night They, they like they hit call. me up Like hey can you help me Beat somebody's ass I'm like Dude we haven't talked In four years So no <laughs> Good luck Good luck,
1: yeah. Fight them yourself. So, Tyler, what is officially your status? And we'll move on to your teammate next uh, Next, year here. So uh, are you still suspended officially, or do you got some?
4: as of right now, yes. I actually went and had a meeting, a private meeting with the commission. How'd it go? Uh, I s- slipped them some money under the table and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I slipped them some money and uh, my suspension's up February 4th, which is exactly a year after the fight. Okay. And then uh, in March, I think it is, it's... I'm pretty sure it's March or April. I'm fighting for uh, KOP, mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully I can rematch Dylan. Maybe get Taylor Moore. Uh, there's a couple other people in Michigan I want to fight. It's going to be my debut fight as a professional. So other than that, right now just training, helping these guys out as much as I can. Water under the bridge. Right.
1: And uh, uh, tell tell me something about your teammate to the right. That uh, w- what makes him a scary guy?
4: A scary guy. Uh, he's tenacious, man. Real good cardio. His striking, he's probably one of the best strikers, I think, in Michigan personally. He has uh, real crisp striking, elbows, knees, kicks, everything. He's real quick. Uh, I think with the right fight experience, all the killers that we got in the gym, like Cody, Darren, uh, it's not going to take long for him to get the UFC. and be a high-level guy. I think he could knock a lot of guys out right now as an amateur, so... Well, we
1: know you're ballsy, Tyler, because of what you did at uh, Joe Louis Arena, and I'm, I'm going to put you <laughs> on the spot right here, okay? Okay. You got some killers in your gym. You got Darren in there. You got Fish Fish. Um, I want you to rank, and you you can't get out of this. Okay. <laughs> who, who's who the fucking best is? Who's number one? Give me number two. Give me number three. Give me number four. At top team? Yep. Can't get out of it too, and they're gonna they're gonna remember this forever. And just don't say Cody because Cody's here either. Yeah, because I'll make sure Darren listens to this and
4: Fish too. Shit, I need a top five. Nah, top four. Top four. Fifth, oh shit!
1: Fifth guy wishes he was
4: in Can the We top do weight four. classes? No. Oh, fuck, man. Darren's, number one. <laughs> Darren's obviously number one. Okay. I gotta, I gotta put say, should Col- I turn down your mic? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'm gonna say Darren, Cody, Fisher. Man, I, I don't know. Bazzi, maybe. Bazzi, we got. I mean, it depends on who's there, who's who's getting ready for fights, who's putting work in, because there's so many. We have so many talented guys. We got Cody. We have Jared Brooks. Like Bobby Nash was there tonight. You know, we have all these guys that are.
3: It had to be guys that wrap the like the Michigan Tap Team flag. Mm-hmm. And Jared and Bobby don't. Yeah. Both fucking great athletes, and we're glad to have them. But they don't like they're not they're not in the gym every day,
4: right? Well, I mean, top, top three. You I got, got to, I got to put just... like the OG top level guys are Darren, Cody, and Fisher. You know, those are the guys that really got the group together because it used to be me, Cody, Darren, uh, Mo, Oz, like just random ass guys, and we were driving around to Fight Club. You know, like sparring every day begging people to come out to the gym to get work in.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, that that's one of the smartest answers I've ever heard here because, A, a you went PC on that. I'll tell you why. Because you're, you're not you're not going to go wrong picking Darren because Darren was through, first through the door for you with UFC, right? Yep. And then you go Cody second, right, because Cody is in the UFC. And then Fish deserves a chance to be there, but he's not quite there yet. Dude, I, a little politics in your answer there, dude. We got I'll a lot let, of no, good guys, get, though. No, no controversial picks there, man. Any day you can get beat up. Oh, I believe like that. Any
2: guy in there, you just have a bad it's, day.
3: It might just, yeah, you might get cracked by somebody that you don't even know. Yep. Darren, yeah. That, that you, I mean, the general public doesn't know. We know them, but, you right. know, I mean, just like some random, you know, and that couple of amateurs that are like getting really good, and it's like, you gotta be on your toes. With the kid, bet, the kid best, kid best thing here. I could
4: compare our gym to, like, I don't wanna compare us to another gym, but if I had to, it'd be like a team alpha male esque type situation. We have so many like good guys that are either in the ufc or even not in the ufc like we got amateurs that could give anybody for you know a run for their money so it's i think it's uh here in a couple years it's going to be a gym for a lot of top level guys i saw a change in you guys
1: god two years ago um i you know always respected you guys but when kara Rowe came in and started working with your guys a striking two years ago yeah. you guys became a different team. It was noticeably different right away. Uh Rose, somebody that I I've respected for forever and I know she's one of the toughest fucking coaches out there oh, yeah. too. Yeah, like, you know, she comes across as the politi- pretty blonde you know, when she's ring announcing and stuff, but I've seen her coach too and like, you know, uh if you're late, you're in deep shit, <laughs> if you're if she's you're not vicious. giving your hundred percent effort, there. she'll make you vicious. do it again until like you're puking in a bucket, and then you're doing it again. Uh, I noticed the difference, and it was at a Bataglia show where all of a sudden your guys is striking. I mean, Darren always had it, right. you know, uh, Darren. Darren with the karate background was always a vicious striker, but I noticed overall as a team you guys became. Good with Kara Rowe joined your guys' team now I don't know to the extent she's still involved there. I know she's there she's but there it did change twice yeah, a week, yeah, it did change you guys as as, as strikers that you, your your striking was elevated it, it it was very impressive you guys always had like the wrestling and stuff like that would i mean would you, would you agree cody you were around
3: yeah, i mean Kara she cleaned a lot of stuff up for <clears throat> all of us she uh she's critical man she doesn't like i mean there's not there's i've never left a practice with kara where kara was like wow everything you did was perfect she's always got some critique she always leaves you with something that you did right and something that you did wrong and then as soon as you start doing that thing right she goes back she finds something else that that, another hole in your game you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so she's constantly like building you up breaking you down building you up breaking you down and that's what you need like you see a lot of coaches are like, yes, men. Like, oh yeah, 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 everything's good. Perfect, 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 perfect. Which is cool because it, it hammers your ego, but it doesn't make you a better fighter. And you know what I mean? Uh, Kara, Kara makes you better. Like, you can't. Like, there's no cheating it. Like, she won't. doesn't matter who you are. Like, she'll tell me that I fucking suck, like, every day. You know what I mean? Oh, that's terrible. What the hell? Oh, you know what I mean? And she do the same thing to Darren, same thing with need, Tyler, anybody. You know what I mean? She'll 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 bag any of us. And, like, not a lot of people would do that. And I think one, uh, one of the reasons is because she is, like, a technician. But the other reason is because she's a female. Like, what can we say? What can we do back? You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of us would have a really hard time if it was a dude talking to us like that.
2: Right?
3: You know what I mean? Like, I mean, personally, like, I actually thrive under that. I want a coach that, like, is really, really hard on me, like, military style, mean to me. But uh, I think a lot of people, like, well, like, the ego would flare up. You'd have a real hard time with that. But, right. I mean, everybody, like, respects Kara. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kara can talk however she wants to us. It's amazing. Like, she, she just, like, dogs on us, and, like, everyone's just like, okay, Kara. <laughs> you know
2: what I
1: mean? And, like, it's wild. She, she she's just, a great coach. Really but good But she coach. brings brings out the best in you, and that's the most important yeah. thing. That's
3: what you need. That's what you need. Yeah, she's a, she's a gem.
1: Now, I got to ask uh, <coughs> Cody's teammates here. Uh, tell us, for the people that don't know, um not everyone travels to vegas obviously and and we'll get a chance you'll be watching at home and cody but um when you when you've helped somebody in a camp and then you see them doing well in camp i mean when i started coaching uh just recently i i feel better when my son does stuff than i did when i was in little league you know what i'm saying does it Mm -hmm. does it give you a sense of like I don't want to say satisfaction, but does it almost pride. feel as yeah pride does it almost feel as good as you winning out there because you're you're part of something that is so behind the scenes and such a band of brothers that mm. you're you're a part of it
4: as far as uh I actually when I watch my teammates fight i I have a really bad adrenaline dump like I, I get, get more, more nervous and like hyped up for my buddies fighting than have bad I do anxiety. Especially when, like, Darren fights or if I'm watching someone on TV. Like, I remember in Cincinnati when Darren fought Eric Koch. We were all in the stands, and that was, like, the first UFC fight where we had, like, 30 people in the crowd, and we're all sitting there. And I remember just, like, I started sweating, and I had a headache, and I felt like I was, I don't know, going to war or something. And he ended up knocking them out, and it was just one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, and we all got
2: hammered. Yeah, man, putting in... <laughs> and they got hammered. Putting in a camp with uh, somebody and seeing them win, just... For me, it makes me feel feel amazing just seeing them do well because you know you're right there next to them and you'll be making that step someday too. And hopefully everyone will appreciate it. When we win, we win together. And when we lose, we all lose together. That's how it is. We're there no matter what, you know.
1: Now, uh, Tyler gave you a compliment of uh, extreme cardio. When, when's your n- next fight? When are you fighting? And then uh, give Tyler a compliment. What, what do you see in Tyler? For sure. Uh,
2: my next fight is September 30th. I'm fighting on the Crookshank card mm-hmm. for KOP. KOP, baby. Yep, I'll be fighting. I'm the Dearborn superstar. If you guys <laughs> want to <laughs> look me up. <laughs> yeah, <so coughs> it's going to be a good fight. I'm rematching Dakota Ash for uh, the KOP title, amateur flyweight title. I'm going to put his lights out and then celebrate it. Uh, my teammate over here, Tyler, me and Tyler, like, w- we've been trying to kill each other since we started at the gym uh the guy's just tough as fuck uh he's got like a real real crisp style he can mix in his takedowns with his punches and kicks all all very well he's good at everything he's one of those guys who's athletic and he's good at every part of mma so it's good having a guy like that to go with who gives you that look because that's like he's like complete fighter you don't even have many guys like that in the ufc who are just good at everything so having him uh on my team, I can drill anything with him. So if I hit him up, hey, let's drill jujitsu, let's drill wrestling, boxing,
1: uh, kickboxing. He's got it all. So it's good to have him with me. And uh, this uh, rematch in KOP, what, what's going to be different about this rematch? And uh, is this this the one to, you know, a- end any conversation right. with this guy and move on? Or
2: yeah. So last fight was a real weird fight. Um, I don't like making excuses. It was on me. I came into that fight pretty heavy. Uh, cut a lot of weight, and you know how that is for a guy cutting weight. My endurance wasn't as, wasn't where it should have been during that fight. It was also really weird, like, uh, the ref, like, gave this guy, like, three minutes between every round to recover. Uh, he was getting he checked by a doctor. He
3: basically, like, hit, hit this kid with everything but
2: the kitchen sink for, like, three rounds straight,
3: and then kind of, like, gassed out. I mean, there was Who a lot of suspect things that happened, like, the. The doctor came in and checked the kid for a concussion in between rounds, and it lasted, like, three minutes. It's like, dude, if you got to check that for a concussion, the dude wob- wobbling TKO. around, that's a TKO. Yep, TKO. You know I mean, if the guy can't answer the ball because the doc's checking him or whatever, like, that's a TKO. That's yeah. kind of bullshit. It could
4: have been stopped a few
3: times, too. Yeah, it could have been stopped. I mean, he's getting he's getting hammered pretty bad. I mean, the kid, the dude is, I mean, right. it's not good to be an
2: amateur that, you know, eats shots like that. If but if, the, the coach, if I
3: was his coach,
2: I would have I would've thrown him in the towel the difference this fight is i'm coming in a lot lighter a lot better shape this is like the best shape i've ever been in and i've just had like five months away from fighting where I've, all i've done is work on everything it's really come together this camp working with cody and darren and yeah many everybody. i have been train together every day every day so i've been getting a lot better i got better at everything like wrestling jujitsu whatever situation i feel like i'm gonna be in this fight i'm confident he's not gonna be as good as me
1: now I gotta ask you guys because uh, Brandon McLaughlin would would occasionally train with you guys, but he's got a fight with yeah. Mo. Uh, did that end on good terms, or did it not end on good terms?
4: Because typically uh, friends don't fight friends. So it's uh, it's actually my fault that Brandon's <laughs> not coming to the gym anymore. Uh, I mean, I don't. I love uh, Mo,
1: by the way. I, I, I think I, Mo that that's a great fight for Mo. But, but what 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 happened so, with Brandon?
4: So Brandon was at the gym. He was uh, training. Drew Murray was coming too. But uh, Brandon came to the gym, and I came off the couch after two or three months, and uh, we were actually sparring, and I I put him in a tight arm bar. It, I mean, it was accidental, but he tried rolling through it. He was trying to tough it out, and I had this arm bar in deep, and he didn't tap. He actually rolled through, hey. and uh, he hyperextended his elbow, and it broke. It bro- I. He said that it broke something in his arm. And uh, after that, he actually he called some guys at the gym and was like, Trying to say that I did it on purpose and some other stuff like that. I never. Yeah, no shit. I did it on purpose.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: I was yeah. you. Dude. Like I felt bad, but you know, I'm a 35er coming off the couch and sparring. He's a 55er, you know, and I put him in a tight ass armbar, and he was a division tap, one wrestler. And so like, I'm not, you, yeah, you tap, talking and shit, but and tap. you can't you can't try to escape something and then hurt yourself and then try to put the blame on me. You know, like I didn't per- I don't purposely go out of my way to hurt my teammates in that way because brandon was actually like i was going to wrestling clinics and stuff with him like going out to jake herbert's camp and doing shit with, like that with him so the fact that he went and like tried blaming it on me kind of rubbed me the wrong way in that position but ever since then he hasn't came back
2: well, yeah so, so I, I he popped in the other day I, and darn. He came in oh did he pop yeah, in? Yeah, he popped in uh before the mo fight the be, before that was announced oh, okay. before that was even like a thing. I think it was like 2 weeks ago
3: or so. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that that are he like in in. In. there's like a lot of guys that are in and on a top team, but if they're not like consistent in there every day, maybe you train them a couple times that doesn't really give you an idea what they're about though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's a different it's a different level. You know, like I feel like there's a lot of guys that that could be a lot better if they came and trained at a top team, but man, a lot of dudes don't want to go through that shit every day. You, you get know? beat you, up. You don't want to get beat up every day. And that's the thing, like if you want to be a good fighter, you better be ready to take some ass beatings like on a daily basis. You gotta like come back the next day and do it all over again. I think that like hurts a lot of people and they can't. You know, there's a lot of guys that, that train at top team for freaking two months and they're all gung ho, like, ooh, yeah, go go M T T, go mm-hmm. blah, blah, and then
2: It's not that fun when you're
3: you. what you gotta do every day, it's like Man, fuck that they're, they're, they're just it. there for the these walk guys are, these guys are dumb man. they're just all there they, for the walkouts and the all, event. They, yeah, do is, all a- they do is spar that's all they do it's like no we don't spar every day but twice a week we go hard every day you know like we beat each other up every day like that's what that's what you gotta do like this isn't powder puff football mm-hmm. this is fighting yeah there's
2: all a the period
0: to adjust shit. you gotta it's the same adjust thing, it's the
3: same thing at every gym though it's the same thing at every big gym I've ever been to you know what I mean like they know who's gonna stay and who's not like some guys just got that like they don't give a fuck about getting beat up Right, and you you got you better be able to swallow your ego and take
1: some ass beans if you want to be in the sport. And a lot of guys can't do that, and so they they show up for a little bit and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And I think Brandon McLaughlin ha- has been blessed with some favorable fights, especially with the King of the Cage. The kid's I think tough. Mo, I, but I think Mo, he's tough. I, I would
2: Mo's, I, Mo's, yeah, Mo's good lately. Win. As of late, Moe's gotten so much better
4: too. All I gotta say is if you know Brandon can't take Mo down, it's it's not going to be pretty, as far as the striking. Def- like the way, because the way Mo fights, he wants people. Like he wants to back up against the cage, and he likes getting those dirty scraps, that dirty boxing yeah, stuff like clinches, that. Yeah, those punches. He's and real nasty. He, and he kicks like clinch. a fucking mule, man. So if Brandon can't take him down, it's could. You know, even if he does take him down, I think Mo gets up or submits him.
1: And yeah, Mo, had, Mo had that vicious kick at uh, a Taglia show, right? Where he wasn't that Mo. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, I mean, when he, he knocked Lucian yeah. Vessal. And then he probably kn- he knocked
2: oh, out that Ken Cross
3: kid too. And that kid, I actually want to start training to to too. Yeah.
1: Only second behind uh Cody over here, uh Ruben Beriak at the uh, theater. Yeah. You, you caught him like oh my god. Smoke and then I don't man. Ruben was never the same. Ruben's got a fucking blockhead. A Ru- Ruben, <laughs> that was that was uh, Ruben wasn't the same after that. Like yeah, I mean, that—that's that how can, it is. That's a
2: baseball I mean, bat to the head, right there. You yep.
3: Freaking, you got I mean, you get hit like that. You know, Champions you have
2: to You
1: gotta take
3: time. You will take a lot of time while your head head resting if you don't,
1: exactly. Well, Tyler, uh, we're gonna wish you well uh, uh, next year. I mean, yeah, just keep training these guys and everything like that. Um, Cody, uh, with running a gym. Um, and with Darren and, and Fish, how do you guys decide regiment and stuff like that? Who, who's well, in charge? Well, actually, be honest, I don't run the gym anymore. I sold my share in the gym. Yeah,
3: because I didn't want to have to do that anymore. Uh, I, I'm, I, I took a I took a back seat, and I, just because you know I felt like right now the best thing I could do was just focus on my fighting career, and honestly, it ended up being a really, really good thing that I, I made that decision. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, walking, I mean, walking away from the gym was really, really hard because I loved it, and I started it with Darren and Fish, and it was kind of like our baby, um, but doing it, doing it just gave me, freed up more time, it gave me more of an opportunity to move around, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, so, what? We're, we're getting distracted. Nah, Apparently, one of our trucks are in the way, so <laughs> getting out. I don't think anyone knows. I don't yet. really, I think, I'm uh, pretty sure anybody could get out. Maybe I just should help them drive their car.
1: <laughs> so uh, you you brought some cool guys here. Yeah, keep keep bringing in uh, uh, guys. We gotta have Mo on before his fight too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll get I'll get Mo
3: in here. I'll get Mo in here. I'll get whoever from top team. Yeah. So when Darren's, when you, we got Darren's crazy ass, he couldn't he couldn't make it tonight because he uh, he uh, I don't know what happened. He had to, uh tweaked his elbow or something that's sparring, but. He's he's supposed to, to fight the same thing night, though. yeah he's fight- yeah he's supposed to fight night. you know yeah we'll get, we'll get some more we we'll some new guys because uh, I think we have like five or six guys fighting on that kOP show I fight the next week and then a bunch of guys are fighting on that November wXc card mm-hmm. uh so I mean there'll be a lot of guys getting ready for fights and I'll get a few of them in here F- faces that you might not even seen before some some guys up and coming guys that we got just turned pro or a couple of amateurs,
1: a couple of amateur studs. Yeah, when do you like to shut it down, uh, fight week? When uh, when do you mentally like to prepare and just kind of block everything out? What typically has been your regimen over all these fights? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like I like to
3: keep my life like pr- like pretty normal, even though I'm getting ready to fight. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to the bar and, and getting hammered or anything crazy like that. But I like to, I still like to be social, I like to do stuff. I feel like I go crazy. I lock myself in my house and don't, you know what I mean. Go out and yeah. hang out with my friends and see my friends. I like to keep my life as as normal as possible. So it's really just those last few days when the when the weight cut, you know, really starts to starts to hit me. But I mean, uh, I mean I'll hang out. I'll go fishing. I'll do whatever. Do whatever it takes to you know keep myself sane. You cut and caught like a
1: big ugly fish the other day on Instagram. You posted. What was it? Yeah, yes, yeah, salmon, Coa salmon. It's
4: Holy shit, ugly
1: thing. dude. <laughs> Dude, you eat a freshwater, I don't
3: know if you like fish, but if you eat a freshwater, like salmon, uh-huh. catch it and eat it within 24 hours, it's the best fish you'll ever have. And uh, you'll want to do it again. The, it's it's amazing. Like, like eating, like, uh, freshwater salmon is not the salmon that you get at the grocery store. The salmon you get at the grocery store is probably from, like, the Atlantic Ocean or something, and it's freaking two weeks old, like... It's a whole different it's a whole different experience. Like eating eating anything for, eating things
1: that you, you you get fresh, uh tastes way better. Now you've been moved up on the card too. Uh, you're now fighting on uh the, the, the prelims that aren't on the UFC fight pass, which yeah, is great. Fight on Fox. That's uh, pretty cool. That that's absolutely great, so people get to see you guys. Moving
3: up in the world. Yeah. This fight's on Fox, next one's gonna be on the main card. But by my fifth fight I'm on my main event.
1: I, I like it. That's a that's a great plan. That's see, a, and that's and, what
4: you. From, you're the only one that I can think of that, from the very moment I met you, you already had that vision in your head, and you've yep. actually achieved it. Yep. Oh So yeah, I don't.
3: It. I don't. I thought about all this stuff. I don't
4: doubt anything that you say that so, you're going to do.
3: I had an interview today with like the, like the with the UFC, and like this guy was asking me a question. He's like, you know, I see a lot of guys getting the UFC and really talented guys, and I see them get there and they freeze up and they're kind of like unsure. He's like, I do not really see that with you. He's like, you were talking shit. He's like, for a guy that was on 8 Days Notice, I don't think I've ever seen it before. He's like, well, you know, what was that about? And I was like, honestly, dude, I've seen this happen in my head so many fucking times. Like, I've thought about this. Like, I'm like a big, like, law of attraction yep. type guy. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know. what you put believe, out there. Yeah, McGregor yeah believe you yep, believe believe. achieve type guy. You know what I mean? And, like, I really do visualize the things that I want and I think about them. You know what I mean? Like, one of my things has always been, uh my post fight speech i literally i recite it every day for the whole training camp i think about it what i'm gonna say so by the time like you know when it actually happens like i'd already thought about having that post fight speech with joe rogan like i knew exactly everything every single word i was gonna say every single word i knew exactly like and i said it word for word just the way i thought it would happen and it's crazy to see that stuff unfold like that you're like holy shit man <laughs> maybe there's something to this yeah i mean you gotta believe in it when it happens
1: yeah, and so you're, you've been working on thanking Rochelle for just all her mm-hmm. uh, gratitude of love over the years. You know, shout out. Oh, to right, I want some
3: lasagna <laughs> after that party.
1: You are. We are having a lasagna party, and I'm. I'm trying to think. Uh, I want to have a watch party somewhere at a bar for you too. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's especially so be, uh, um, you know in the Detroit area and stuff like that. I think it would be cool, like an undercard kind of thing. That would be. And sweet. then if you're not too mentally channeled, channeled, I guess I guess
3: gonna come to the. Uh, the KOP
1: show? KOP, I'm going to try because I want to see Darren. Cool, so that is a
3: drive.
1: That is a hike. That, yeah. I've been trying to hook up with Matt. Like, we, we, we trade. I, I've actually never met Matt. you, never you know, never met we, Matt? no, and we Matt's we a talk, good dude. We talk he back and talk forth. We talk all the time. We talk, talk all the time, though. We're like pen man. pals. We talk. I talk to Matt quite a bit. Matt's a
3: pretty social dude. I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a friendly guy. I mean, a lot of the guys in Michigan, you know, I really like Matt. I really like Joe Battaglia. You know, there's there's some there's some really good we're fortunate in Michigan we have some really good promoters.
4: Matt actually uh so when I got my suspension I haven't I didn't even say I don't even think one word to Matt besides what's up when uh I was acquiring Manib. <clears throat> and this guy fought tooth and nail for me to get the suspension lifted up. Like he's actually the reason I was able to get that meeting with the uh commission. Nice. Like, worked everything out for me, called like twenty times the next day, like worked everything out for me without even, like, actually knowing me. And that was just so I could fight on a show. Like, he's he's a great guy. Yeah, we, uh...
1: I, I, I think we really started a bond right before the Jones Cormier thing. We both we both said you know Jones and and everybody was giving us hell about the Cormier thing. But then we both dropped the soap on it because Jones did test positive. So now we've been taking it, <laughs> yeah, taking taking it up the butt <laughs> like every, hey, everybody's on steroids. Whole,
3: that whole thing with John Jones was bullshit. He's I not mean, on steroids. He was on steroids Stick on a pills. on a steroid that was a known for beating blood tests. Like oh well, he passes blood tests. Like, look at the do some research, figure out figure out what turner ball ter- figure out what that steroid. that steroid was made, and I did a ton of research on this. Did we talk about this? Yeah, last we talked last about show? it last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay. I was just talking about how like, me and Matt like we bullshit. we were like high fiving each other like hey 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 and then all of a sudden like this comes out now it's so like oh, I was fuck. getting I
3: was getting p tested by the guys at USADA,
1: and uh, <laughs> like I
3: was having this conversation <laughs> with them about like steroids and stuff and like I was like I was just trying to make small talk and they they. I thought they like like probably had a newsletter and they've been like briefed on the whole John Jones situation, and I'm talking about the steroid and like I'm saying all this stuff and like I just got finished like telling her what supplements and stuff I take and she's like, is there anything you want to tell me, like, (laughs) and I was like, no no no, I'm like I'm talking about John Jones, and like I'm like talking about this. <laughs> I wasn't, I was, I was just after practice, I wasn't thinking what I was saying. I was just like, man, you hear that turnball story that John Jones took? Like, it be, you know what I mean? It was like, beat, like, beat the, it beat the blood test, blah, 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 all this stuff. And she's like, well, we were testing your pee. And like, I didn't even really realize that she was like, trying to, like, like say that, you know, I, she's like, so did you take turnball or whatever it's called? And I was like, no, I'm talking about John Jones. <laughs> she has no idea she didn't even know and then I like had to go through this big backstory about John Jones and this <laughs> big scandal I'm like no I mean you, no my pee is clean like yeah, exactly
1: run it run it three times this yes. one's good this one's good this is a good pee don't worry yeah that, yeah we talked about it last week that that motherfucker could have probably beat cormy without that he yeah beat anybody but once shit. you yeah, it's a mental thing
3: once you start taking stuff like that you think you need it get a on it or you know maybe he was maybe he's been on steroids this whole time he's been juicing this whole time maybe oh, some part man. of his part of his weight cut.
2: You know what I mean? Who knows well, who you is. think
1: about it. So the Gustafsson uh, fight, that was pre, I think, UFC with their... their Usada? Yeah, Usada, I think yeah. that was pre. Yeah, it was. Where, Man, he was just, where are all the Brazilians That's
4: my Brazilians go. favorite fight. Where yeah. Oh, my God. Is that the truth? Where are all the Brazilians, oh go. where all the the Brazilians at? Because they, they can't. Oh, yeah, at. They yeah, all the Brazilians fell off after that. Right, Ooh, and we talked about
1: Overeem. Like, Overeem was a freak of nature. He, he looked like... He's a, still good, though. He's still a No, 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 He He's better now. He's just off the horse meat. Right. But he, he looked like right. a he, he looked like a WWE wrestler before. He looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he looks like me with a little bit of a beer gut, but he still fights. It's awesome.
4: It's yeah. you know? funny is how Brock just guy. like juiced up to the gills and came and fought, and he's like, I don't give a fuck, and tested See, that, positive. That's that that I hated.
2: He looked like Johnny Bravo. You should on that get
3: fight. fucking sued. Like, like yeah, like the, like, the guy he that he got fought, paid for that shit.
2: The guy that, that he fought
3: should should get some kind of compensation or get his fight purse or he should get sued for his money. I mean, that's BS. Yeah. I mean, and that's what the anti-doping agency is all about, making sure shit like that can't happen. Well, how the hell does John Jones fail a drug test and fight a few- week later? I mean, I don't know. Because you want to know why? You want to know why? You don't get the results for weeks, you know what I mean? Like, I just peed last week. I probably won't get the results a week before my fight. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, And you might get tested in a uh, fight week, too. Oh, I guarantee it. We'll yeah. I get tested
3: more anyone I know. Yeah. They want me to be taking steroids. I'm clean.
1: <laughs> genetics, man. I've been
3: yoked since I was a little kid.
1: Now, i got to ask your teammates this, and then we'll end on this and uh, be back next week, of course. And hopefully Darren can come in next week and talk about his fight. But uh, there's a lot of talk with MMA stars right now. Obviously, we, you talk Brock, right? Uh, the the big thing is, will Ronda be part of WWE? When Cody, we are 100% sure Cody's going to be a star one day. Yeah. Do you, have you seen anything that would say that he could move over to the WWE and be an entertainer over there? When after he hits the big time and gets the big paychecks, if Vince McMahon's family comes calling with some like crazy numbers and some crazy commas, is there anything that you think Cody could be a pro wrestler? Oh yeah, the acrobatic. Oh yeah, he's got the tan. You know, he
2: just needs to get the shorts a little shorter, maybe turn them into <laughs> underwear. I've had some pretty short shorts in my MMA career. Yeah, just <laughs> cut them into underwear and. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, it depends
4: if you're out Grease at the up. club with him. You know, you see him dancing. And he has this like little.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My Mr. Wonderful days. He'll probably me. knock out one of those one of those <laughs> big are, juice days, heads. His days are behind me. Yeah,
4: no, but I'm, if they the party now,
1: pick one of those. juice Definitely heads has in the, the face. personality.
4: Yeah. Personality, the looks charisma see like. so
1: you accomplish everything you wanted in the UFC and they come call him with some crazy number would you do a crazy it? amount of money there's a lot of thing there's not a lot of things I won't do for a lot of money so
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> try everything once
3: would yeah. would you would you be a heel or would you be a good guy i don't i don't you know i've never even watched it heel all day heel all day I, I
4: don't could know see it
3: be more bad. fun yeah I don't know what it is. If I gotta uh, put a mask and a leotard on, they're gonna give me a
2: million bucks. <laughs> I gotta dance around the cage. But well, you gotta do it every week. That shit That's just brutal. Man. That's a lot of-
1: Oh, they they take the abuse. Like people that say wrestling's not a sport. Yeah, but yeah, they, they take the bang, abuse, man. Get
2: banged
4: up a little bit, especially like the old school guys, like Mick Foley and guys they like that. They gotta spank your chest under the cage and the nails and shit, like.
2: Yep. Yeah, what the hell? Mick, Mick I Foley. missed that shit. That Mick. shit was fun. When I was
1: a kid, they were smacking each other in the head with, like, two-by-fours. How do you not get addicted to painkillers as wrestlers? Like, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just constant. Like, Same Mick, thing as fighters, You though. do. Yeah. Mick, Mick Foley mm-hmm. falling off the steel cage like, and then, like, through, you know, a table that's meant to break, but then onto a, a mat that's on a concrete floor in an arena. Like, you know, that gravity. That mat's not doing not shit. shit. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, the wind's out of you. Hmm. You've cracked a few ribs, and you got to continue the show. But I was wondering if Cody, Cody's got the personality. He could be a bad guy. I think I'm big enough. I think you got to be like you got to be a. Big no, guy. no. Rey Mysterio was a. Uh, if you're acrobatic, Rey Mysterio, the guy that wore the mask, the Mexican guy. Well, he did he, some weird shit. Yeah, like he was like kind of jumpy and everything. You, you you have to get a gimmick. <laughs> I don't know what your gimmick would be, but you got to get a gimmick. Uh, I I think Ron out, is gonna come join. out with the
2: shield and I'm just gonna show up. <laughs> come out with the I'm shield sh- and sword. I'm
3: gonna show up. I've One of my really good friends got me tickets to a midget wrestling show. He was like, "We're just gonna show up there and you're just gonna wrestle him." <laughs> and I was like, Dude, "Fuck you."
4: <laughs> <laughs> he wanted. To, he was like. He's like, come on, man! I'll bring you a leotard. We'll put. We'll throw you in there. Three, like, three on one. That, that would be insane. awesome. What's but stupid though is if he ever got that that type of call. Right, they make you like put on MMA. Like look at Brock and uh, when Floyd was there, they had him with boxing gloves on and they had Brock with like MMA gloves on and they're like doing half ass kimuras and like Mm. stupid shit like that
1: well yeah that's that's the whole thing so like back back when we you were talking really quickly about back when we used to watch right the sleeper hold they would like actually fall asleep now they tap out like it's like a real like an MMA rule because they're like hey you know Lesnar went in there but Lesnar was like just a once in a lifetime catch lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Going through nobody in the heavyweight division and the UFC just making a lot of money at the time. You know what I'm saying? The heavyweight division yeah. wasn't what it was when Brock, you know, picked up MMA. Uh, you know, so I don't know. But we're gonna wrap up this episode. Cody you gonna be in next week again. Come I'll on. be in next week. All right, bringing bringing Darren. We'll talk about his fight and then uh, then then off when, when you leave for Vegas the following week. Uh, Monday. So Monday. yeah, I won't, I won't be in that week. So my mm-hmm. next week would be my last week. so... that's all right. We'll find out your alias. We'll call your hotel room.
4: <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> call it.
3: Perfect. I'll just call you guys randomly. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> like, be, like I'm someone else. That would. That would be.
1: That You've would be tried sweet that before. Too. I <laughs> have tried.
3: Yes, you guys got <laughs> me. <didn't you? laughs> all right. Who was here? Who was here when I called you?
1: Um, God, I forget. But it was funny as shit. Dude. Man, we've been doing this a long time. Two hundred and fifty yeah. something episodes. I can't remember what. And you've been here for like fifty of them, and now you're now lot. you're part of the team. So like, I mean, shit, it'll part fly by. You'll, you'll be like, it'll just one day you'll look and you'll be like, we've done a hundred episodes. It just goes by so quick. Uh i on on does your card go? does it? Yeah, it does go by quick on your card. Page Van Zant's fighting in ah uh, oh shit the Jeez. main event. Main event. Um, Kevin Lee. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, She's fighting uh, Kevin Lee? No, 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 no. You got some? uh I got Kevin. Uh, who, who do you want to see maybe on your card when you're when you've already taken care of business? Uh, I want to see Kevin's fight.
3: Yeah, um, Kevin and I are good friends. Uh, I really want to see him do well. Uh, uh, that Ray Borg, uh, Demetrius Johnson fight should be good, but I think Demetrius is going to take him down and wrestle fuck him. But that's a good card, man. There's a lot of tough guys on that card. Really, a lot of tough guys. A guy named Matt Schnell that's fighting on the UFC Fight Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. I trained with him in American Top Team. He's super nice, dude. One of the nicest guys you ever meet. He's fighting before me. I'd like to watch his fight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to go out and see everybody and get this weight cut over with and make some money.
1: All right. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. And uh, Thanks for having us. Oh, Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.